from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God.
Our first reading comes from Psalm 98. Hear now the word of God for you and for me. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 44 through 48. Here again, God's word for you and for me. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard, him, heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited Peter to stay for several days. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, speak from this old word, a new message for us today that we might go on the road ahead of us in faith. We ask these things in the name of the Holy One, Jesus the Christ, amen. A couple of months ago, as vaccinations were just rolling out, I read an article that characterized the next stage of the pandemic as a crossroads. Now, the article was about public health and possible outcomes from vaccines, but what I retained from it was this powerful image of a crossroads, a familiar place. You can probably picture one in your head, maybe especially if you've driven through a rural area sometime. It's a place where different paths intersect and you face a choice. Now, the pandemic isn't over, of course, and I don't think there will be one single day when this is suddenly behind us. Even now, we pray for our neighbors, some here and in other parts of the world, like India, that are in the worst of pandemic spread and death. But here in our corner of the world, there's starting to be a sense that we're approaching something different that COVID time will relent and there will be a new chapter of life. We won't all get to this crossroads at the same time or even by the same way, but the image seems like an important one as we think about what's next for us as individuals and as a community. This may sound obvious, but stick with me for a minute. When you come to a crossroads, you bring with you all the things you've experienced on the road you've been walking. For some time before you get there, you can see it up ahead, but you aren't close enough to make any choices. And then 
you get there to a place where there are different directions you could go and you have to decide. You can go back right to wherever you were before, or you can stay on the path and go straight, or, and this sometimes feels like the hardest choice, you can turn and move in a new direction. In a church meeting last week, somebody teasingly said to me, seminary didn't teach you how to lead during a pandemic, did it? Without really thinking about it, I said, no, and it didn't teach me to lead out of one either. Even though we are starting to see a new way out in front of us, transitioning to life after COVID comes with its own set of challenges because we all haven't lived the same thing these past 15 months. There was something shared, something common about our experience a year ago in spring 2020 when the whole world paused. We went into crisis mode and we tried to keep people healthy. You remember, for a while, we wiped down our groceries in fear. Am I the only one? Did other people wipe down? We couldn't buy Lysol wipes. But we also rang bells and honked horns to thank healthcare workers. Back then, we joyfully got on the Zoom, do you remember? To pray together and to sing happy birthday and to celebrate graduates. We mobilized internet hotspots and lunches and dug in to try to keep kids learning somehow. And it felt very much like we were in this thing together. But in the many months since, our experiences have diverged. Some folks haven't had direct contact with COVID in any way. Others have been devastated and their loved ones have died. Some have found new callings and clarity in their work. Others have struggled to keep their jobs and to manage with all their routines disrupted. For a lot of us, this has been an anxious and fearful time. We have to live on high alert to navigate what's safe and responsible and reassess what we should do and shouldn't do. And I bet if we think about it, we've each learned something because of this time about our families, ourselves, how we work, what our kids need to learn and be well, how much stress we can and cannot absorb. And we've learned a lot, important things about disparity in our community because of the pandemic. My husband Joel and I were on a Zoom this week for parents of rising middle schoolers. It startled us too that our youngest kid is going into middle school. But a middle school counselor reminded all the parents on that call that the impact of this year on our kids isn't even clear yet. We'll feel it for a while to come. It will bubble up in different ways and at different times. She commented about the intensity of experiences and the complicated range of emotions middle schoolers feel. And that's even when we're not in a worldwide health crisis. There were about 200 parents on this call and she looked right at us and she said, remember what it was like to be 11, 12, 13 years old and to feel all the feels at once and how important it is not to ignore them or push past them. I listened and I thought, well, of course she's right, but that isn't just true for middle schoolers. This disruption this long gray space has impacted all of us in ways we might not fully understand yet. And all people 
whether you're 11 or 42 or 68 or 94 years old, we have all felt a lot of different things this year, sometimes all at once. In the last couple of weeks, I read two authors describe their own pandemic experiences, and they framed the year differently, which said something to me of the truth that for us as Christians, lament and hope live together. The first piece was by Adam Grant, who's an organizational psychologist. His research focuses on what gives people meaning in their work. He wrote an article in the New York Times, and the name is pretty telling. It was called, There's a Name for the Blah You're Feeling. It's called Languishing. You can't miss the point, really. He names the impact of what he calls the emotional long haul of the pandemic as an experience of languishing. Languishing is something like stagnation, like, in his words, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. He says the anguish many of us felt a year ago has blurred out into a sort of ongoing condition that isn't fear, it isn't intense all the time, and it isn't the clinical diagnosis of depression, but it also isn't flourishing. It's languishing not a good flow for life. I read that and I thought a lot of that description of languishing sounds like a lot of conversations I've had this year, including some at the end of my own days. Then I read a response to that piece written by another author, an artist named Austin Cleon, and he had a very different frame for the journey of COVID time. He said no one should expect to flourish because no living thing can flourish in terrible conditions. He looks back at the last 15 months in his own life and sees them not as a time of languishing, but as a dormant period. He compares it with being a plant underground in the winter, growing alive, unseen, waiting until it's possible and right to bloom and thrive. Well, I read that and thought, that's true too. And so it is with us. We can experience both languishing and the potential of dormancy at once. If there's something we've learned this year, it's that we can be both fearful and confident, both weary and grateful, both stuck and hopeful at the same time. As Christians, we know that we can lament and also be excited about things to come. So whenever each of us gets to this out of COVID crossroads moment, we'll be carrying all of that, all the different things we've experienced along the way, and we might react differently when we get to the crossroads. Some will wanna turn right back around and go back to the way things were pre-pandemic. Others may be too exhausted from the journey and all they can do is just carry on. And still others will come out ready to take a new path because of what we've learned and felt. Our two texts this morning bring a good word for people of faith coming to a crossroads. They're both from electionary, and to be honest, I probably would never have read them together if they weren't both assigned to this day, but sometimes the lectionary gives you that kind of surprise. When you first hear it, Psalm 98, which Madeline just read for us, 
Sounds like a pretty straightforward psalm of praise to God for good things God has done, and that's a great prayer for Christians, of course. But did you hear the very first line of the psalm? It opens with, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. A new song is a phrase that's several places in the Old Testament and several psalms, and it sort of sounds familiar to us, sort of musical, like maybe a band that's trying out a new song or a new music at a venue or something. But what's loaded into the phrase is the fact that the person has been singing some other song, a song of lament. The old song told God about what was hard and painful and uncertain, and this person is asking to have some other song to sing. This person wants to sing hope and praise. Now, I love the image of a song here because I'm a person who listens to music for whatever journey I'm on, but this singing to the Lord doesn't have to just be music. The song of lament might have been more like a cry or a whispered prayer. It might have been shouted. It might have been a complaint. The psalm is acknowledging that the road to this point has been hard. And when it asks for a new song, it's not just a melody. This person wants God to bring a new direction, a new outlook for life. The way the Hebrew is translated into English makes it sound as if all the bad things are in the past and God has already finished doing the good things. In English, it says, God has done marvelous things, has revealed vindication, has remembered steadfast love. It sounds like it's done. But the tense here is more nuanced in Hebrew. It does praise God for what God has done, but it's also a current statement of hope for what God is doing and what God will do all at one time. This psalm remembers lament while calling the world to praise. And it's big, glorious praise, if you heard it. It's the whole world joined together to make a joyful noise. Use all the instruments you have. Lyres, trumpets, horns, banjos, lutes, kazoos. Then let the earth join in. The forces of nature, even forces of chaos, let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together. Let the mountains join in praising God with a new song. Then it sounds like future tense. All this new singing is because God is coming to judge the earth. God will judge with righteousness. Whatever has been wrong, maybe whatever put a song of lament into this person's mouth, God will come to make right. I know that's a lot to think about. Our minds are usually working in a linear sense of time where past is followed by present is followed by future, but this prayer rolls all of that into one moment. Think about the times in your life when you've come to a sort of crossroads, maybe, maybe literal, but probably metaphorical, and how your past and your present and your future met there. And think about this prayer coming from the mouth of someone standing at such a place. God, I've come down this path and it was hard. You heard me singing lament. You know that I've been afraid and anxious and lonely, and I don't have to pretend that all that's behind me. I got this far. I know you've been walking with me, but I'm also still walking. So give me a new song to sing while I do. 
I know you can direct me about where to go, but I'm going to need you to give me what I need to get there. I believe that you can use even the floods that have washed over me, even these hills I still have to climb, for good. So I'll join in with all of creation, and we'll praise you because you're still making things new. That's a good prayer for a people emerging from a pandemic. As I reread Psalm 98, and I think of myself and my family coming to our different kinds of crossroads, I am grateful, deeply grateful again, that we worship a God who can hold all our lament and all our hope and all our joy, even when they all come at once. I am glad to hear this psalmist's confidence that God hears and God is changing the world. So my prayer this week has been for a new song to sing, not a trite song, mind you, not one that covers the last year with a rosy gloss, but a song of hope and a song of purpose. I pray for clear new direction that uses what we've seen and learned to make a better next chapter. And I pray that in this uneven time, while we're each making our way toward a pandemic crossroads, we can give each other the gift of grace. The road to this point has given us different challenges and burdens and joys, but as a family of faith, we can help each other carry them. The psalmist brought God his own pain, but he called for the whole community to sing together. We can do that. We can join in each other's lament and hope wherever we are, physically worshiping here, physically worshiping from somewhere else, wherever we are on our individual journeys through a strange, hard time, we can be a community that joins our voices to sing God's new song. Now, as I close, a short word about Acts, because I said both of these texts speak to a crossroads moment. The excerpt I just read is a very small snippet from a much larger and frankly, kind of wild story about a vision Simon Peter had during the time when he was building up the early church. These verses come as Peter has been speaking to a group in a home of a Roman centurion named Cornelius. That's a lot of background, but the setting is basically that this is a place Peter wouldn't expect to be because this person, Cornelius, and those gathered, they're Gentiles, they're Romans, they're military officers, all groups outside the early Christian church and even persecuting Christians. But something surprising happens there, something new. The Holy Spirit expands the church. It breaks through all the boundaries of who was clean and unclean, who was in and out, who was following right ritual and who wasn't. The Spirit chooses a new direction for the church's future, descending not just on a group of baptized Christians, but on people Christians had feared and avoided. God surprises everybody, and in one fell swoop, breaks apart the old ways and shows the church a new way to be. As I think about where this church, First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta, will go after the pandemic, I hope we will not come to a crossroads and just go back to all the old ways. I hope we will pray for a new song to sing, a song of grace 
and hope, a song rooted in what we've learned from this wilderness road, a song of creativity and openness to the surprises God has in store. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for our God is doing marvelous things. Amen. Thank you.